Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. Whoa. Yeah. There is such a blessing, I feel, from treasuring what has been given to you. If you have children, they're your inheritance from the Lord. If you don't have children here today, or you're somebody living on your own, or when I mention the word family, it brings real pain to you, um, I just feel this word is going to be as much for you as mums in the room. Uh, because our inheritance can also be what God has given us Um in our own home to cherish. And if we're faithful and steward that and give time to enjoy it, in time to enjoy God, he's going to bless us. And our children are going to rise up and call us blessed, which they do. They are such a blessing. There's a lot of negativity about children. As soon as you get pregnant, it's just you wait. The sleepless nights. Then they reach the Twos. Oh, it's the terrible twos. And then they reach school age. Oh, it's going to be so terrible. Oh, the first day of school, leaving them on their own. And all this. And then teenagers. Oh, they just grunt. <laughs> well, I've got news for you. It doesn't have to be like that. There's so much negativity about family life. And often in church, um, it's not helpful either because... We get so stretched as families because we're expected to be like the Proverbs 31 lady. I bet you're all relieved when I'm not preaching from Proverbs 31 about this multitasking, wonderful woman, um, So, which I can't do all of that. I've just got down to the last verse. My children rise up and call me blessed. So I think that's great that I got to that bit without having to be this wonderful businesswoman, woman that stays up half the night, then gets up really early in the morning, so she must just sleep for two hours. So <laughs> so I'm relieved that I'm not like that. And I've just lost my train of thought, actually. There was I. 
Yes. So, uh, yes, so what I'm really talking about is the fact that this nurturing of family life and of your inheritance in Christ can be any of us. And I want to encourage you that um, wherever you are in your family tree, I want you to now put yourself at the top of the tree, seated with Christ in heavenly places, and that you can order and govern in your family. You don't have to panic if you're a parent, that you don't know what to do. There's plenty of courses out there. There's plenty of wisdom that God wants to um, put on you. And there's grace that I've made plenty of mistakes, (laughs) haven't I? Have I? Well, a few. (laughs) But there's complete grace. So we don't have to be without um, help and knowledge. But... This thing of governing our families with children, it's not a business of this. It's coming down to this, isn't it? And respect is not commanded. It's built up. So I'm going to talk about nurturing your family and nurturing your inheritance. I'm going to talk about your home being a place of rest your home being a place of safety and your home being a place of strength. Here's just a few statements I believe in. God loves family. It's his idea. He places the isolated in a family. So if you're here and you're... Sometimes we're in a family, but we don't feel like we belong in it. Anyone felt like that? think, who are these people? <laughs> I don't look like them. I don't act like them. I don't want to be in this family. <laughs> but God can place you in a family. You can get adopted into a family. And that's partly what church should be about. But we don't know how to be a family sometimes. And we come into church and expect people to behave like family when they haven't been truly loved and known. He loves dwelling in your home. He wants our homes and hearts to be a resting place for his love. If we go back to the psalm, it says in, uh, I think it was verse 3, about about, um, how blessed is the man. The actual translation is bliss. And God wants us to experience a bliss in family life. (laughs) <laughs> something like my family isn't blissful it's stressful it's hectic but his will for us is to experience a bliss and that bliss is something is re- reserved for human beings that hebrew word there is doesn't refer to god feeling blissful it's us he wants us to have a feeling of bliss in our families he's reserved that as our privilege to have bliss And the other verse I want to point out there is about he gives to his beloved in their sleep. He does give sleep to his beloved. So if you've got sleep problems, you claim that. I want some more sleep. But he gives to his beloved in their sleep. So I just want to pause. Press pause button. And because this is really where we came to as a family, is that we wanted... 
to prioritize our family and to host the presence of God in our family and come to a place of rest because from that place all activity can then happen because you've got to meet with God you've got to soak in his presence so I want you to pretend you're asleep and this is what I want you to practice every day don't fall asleep (laughs) pretend you're asleep and I want you to say thank you father that you're going to give to me in my sleep and you're going to give to me in a state of rest that's going to be my life you're going to give to me until I'm well loved that I am your beloved that I become more and more loved by you so in our homes let's cultivate that Because then when we come to church and we're told to rest in his presence, we'll know how to do it. There's so many things we're told to do, like touch Jesus, look at him face to face. If we can't do that at home, it's so hard to do it in a public place in church, isn't it? So I encourage you, in the nitty-gritty, when it gets really hard in your home to do this. And you can do it amidst despair, sadness, grief, all the stuff that happens in life. In the eye of the storm, it's a very still place. So rest, there's also another sort of rest, which is hanging out together. And it's great to do that because sometimes you need a long time to like hang out together and do nothing. And then you can be in the middle of some film that you're watching and your teenager could turn to you and suddenly say something really profound. Like, I love you or something. <laughs> or they could tell you something that's been in their heart that you had no idea. So sometimes in the, when you're being really silly or just hanging out, doing absolutely nothing that something really profound can happen. But you, you need that time, don't you? So make time. So if you're one of these people that's a workaholic, take a day off. <laughs> I know that sounds you know, simple, but it's actually quite revolutionary to some people. Um, you need it. You need time for, for stuff to like filter down in your brain, especially if you're studying and things like that. Um, Your brain needs rest, so you might want to do things that are absolutely trivial. Like, I am obsessed with my log burner, okay? And a few days ago, I was telling Phil about this, I was fiddling around with my log burner and getting it really roaring and, you know, sweeping up the dust. and, And then suddenly, God put in my heart, clear as a bell, um... The answer to something I've been praying, fasting, crying, sweating over for six months more, a year, was it? Yeah. And he gave me the answer to, to the whole problem in the situation. And it made complete sense. And I wasn't expecting it. 
So it's really important sometimes to realise the little things, making time, doing things that, that please you. God loves you doing things that just float your boat. Because you get in that state of relaxation where he can speak to you. Because you've, you've let go of your mind. We're so in control of our minds. And we're so wanting to hear from God. And we're so wanting to work it out. But we can't unless we let go and chill out. So, how do we create this place of safety? Hugs. Hugs are great, aren't they? Researchers say that hugs are especially helpful in times of trouble and danger. Have you noticed that? Complete strangers will hug each other <laughs> when you're a you know, terrorist attack or whatever. So, but hugs say so much, don't they? Because I now have an adult son. And... Um, Oh, two adult sons. Yeah, sorry. Um, but talk about the one that's living at home at the moment. Um, so sometimes I'm at a loss to know what to say or do because he's got so many intelligent, spiritual, wonderful friends who have been mentoring him. And I prayed for mentors for my children. And when they came, I was like slightly jealous, really, because my children love their mentors. And he still loves me, don't get me wrong, but he's, he knows what I'm going to say before I say it. So, Mum, don't say, I know. So hugs are a really effective way of communicating with my son, aren't they? We had a great hug the other day. So, and then eye gaze is so important, isn't it? We need to gaze, we need to gaze into each other's eyes, and that intimacy creates that that belonging, that sense of knowing. I'm just going to read you a few things from about touch and sight. Yes, gaze. Here we go. Babies love to look at faces. I know that sounds obvious. They love to stare. When your baby sees your face... He will be content. So when we gaze into God's face, that's where when we're content because we know we are totally loved by him. If you find it really hard to build family, to relate to people, if you're fully known by God and fully loved... It's so much easier to love other people, isn't it? So these, this is what the researchers say about all these things. Touching your baby will make him feel secure and safe. Creating a close, close emotional bond, enabling him to become confident and eventually independent. Babies need touching experiences to grow the brain and body. They are as crucial as nutrients and vitamins Holding and stroking a baby will stimulate her brain to release important hormones that allow her to grow. The emotional bond affects the baby's biological systems that adapt to stress. So in our home, we need to remember that touch is so important because it, it, it relieves that stress. We've got to, we have to um, build that security and then... 
we won't seek it from other places. And also stress, it's very interesting. I've worked with small children in um, deprived areas in the, the valleys, and um, a, lo- a lot of times they are just so um, unable to enjoy simple things, like singing nursery rhymes, which is what I was hired in to do, um, because they're so um, stressed. Little children, little three-year-olds, they're so stressed at that age already because they're bombarded with so much, um, so much stimulation from you know, electronic devices, etc. I won't go off on that one. <laughs> um, and, but they're not actually nurtured and have that interpersonal relationship with the people that matter the most. Um, and this is it. This is it. If, we, if we're prioritizing the people that matter most in our lives and really working at those, even though it's so hard often, the reward is going to be amazing. Let's move on to um, place of strength. If you notice in the psalm, it talks about the um, olive branches around the table. The place that's become really important in our life is the table. Now, getting around the table... Would you say that's a joyful thing in your household at all times? <laughs> no. <laughs> so in family, there's conflict, isn't there? And it all often, there's so much, when children are young, there's so much conflict about eating and food and fussiness about food. Um, and it is, it is complicated. And with adults, and the whole thing with food, with adults, there's so many things we can't eat or think we can't eat. But we're being told by the food police <laughs> not to eat. So it's going to be bad for you. And, um, but we're being robbed, I feel, of the one thing that God and Jesus loves, which is? Hmm. Say, so repeat after me. Food is good for me. And children are a blessing, not a pain. (laughs) So food is good for you. Feasting is great for you. We need to do more feasting. A lot of people don't eat around the table anymore. They eat in the lounge. They eat at different times. So you have to be smart about this. You have to get organized, okay? And if it's stressful, ask God for some creative inspiration. He's so creative. Family life doesn't have to be a chore. I know you're really relieved that I didn't prepare a sermon on family devotions. (laughs) Family devotions just gives me such bad memories and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) So, um, So around the table where some people would have family devotions... That can be stressful. So, ask for, ask for inf- inspiration from Jesus, because he'll give it to you. So, what happens around our table? Well, um, what happens around our table? <laughs> Perhaps we ought not to tell them. <laughs> I think it's a place to share struggles 
and a place to share victories. And if you give everybody a voice, an equal voice, which is so important because if you're heard in your family, you're going to be heard out there. But again, what matters most is being heard and understood by the people closest to you, isn't it? And get a word in edgeways is really difficult, isn't it? It's sometimes ha- it's really helpful to have an object that the person who is holding um, is allowed to talk and no one else is allowed to talk. And it's only your turn to talk when you hold that object and you pass it around. It's really good, isn't it? <laughs> but it's learning to care about what the other person is struggling with and then to pray for each other and then you're in everything together. So then when that person overcomes that problem, you're part of their victory. So then that's building you together as a family. So again, if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody here and you live on your own, um, get hospitable, have people around. Ask them what their struggles are. Ask them, please, can you pray for me? Can we meet, you know, once every three months or something? Share, share our victories, share our struggles, and um, encourage each other, text each other. It's really powerful, so powerful. There's a lovely word in Welsh called kutch. And it means cuddle, to cuddle, to kutch up cuddle up and it also means a cupboard under your stairs one of those under the stairs cupboards is a kutch and so family life does not need to be suffocating you know how in some families it's so suffocating this is not about that it's being close but it's a closeness that's liberating so we're talking about an intimacy that is not, oh, I know all about you, and you get familiar, and that can put someone in a box. This is intimacy that just knows no end, because when you look into, into God, in the face of Jesus, when you look into Jesus, you just keep looking, and you keep looking, and you keep looking. If you've grown bored of Jesus, then you need to... Go back to your first love. Find your first love again. Fall in love with Jesus. And he, in, a place, in the place of intimacy in the family, and spending that time, you've got time for God to do stuff in your heart that you didn't know was there. There's hidden depths in your heart that you don't know about. And other members of your family will find it. If you're spending time and learning to love each other, they will touch your heart and you'll think, oh, I didn't know I was like that. I didn't know they thought that about me. So nurturing doesn't mean smothering. And it doesn't mean controlling that person. It means allowing them to be them. That's why it's so important to allow each other to talk, have your say, and to not react. I was just telling Phil about this wonderful marriage course we've been on, and Richard hates courses, okay? So I don't know if any of you out there 
men especially, maybe some women hate organized courses. But we are loving it, and which is a big surprise to me. And one of the things they do is that they teach you how to talk about issues. So conflict in your family. If you learn to get an object and hold it out and say, that's the issue, we're going to talk about this. So we talked about a thing in our family the other day, which was really powerful by the end. We talked about depression. So we had it out here on the table. And I don't know why it came up, but we all needed to talk about it. How, how are we going to deal with it in our lives? And it was so releasing. Because some of us need real help in this area. And medication might work, has side effects. I think it's a lovely way to deal with it is to share it in the family and over, overcome it together. So one of the things in our family that this has led to, getting the problem out there and talking about it, and not reacting or blaming. So you listen to the person and you repeat back to them what they've said to you. But you're not allowed to say, oh, I do that because, or you don't understand, or blah, blah, blah. You say, you've, said, you've just said to me that what you said the other day really upset that you. Blah, 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 blah. You're not allowed to say, oh, I said it because. Or. So you're talking about the issue, but you're, it's out there. It's not so personal, not attacking each other. And you talk about how, how, you're, going to, how, how you're going to make that, situation better together what you want the other person to do so in our family um it's sharing everything sharing your victories sharing your dreams so it's encouraging each other in your dreams and we do that by saying what would it look like if you started doing that now and um so you my husband here recently has um had a friend who believed in him to um, do something that he's been dreaming about, which is to record a classical piano album. And this hasn't happened overnight. Richard has felt by the Holy Spirit to start practicing. How many years ago did you start practicing again? About 13 years ago, decided to start doing an hour or two a day, was it? An hour or two a day of piano practice to get back to the level that he was at at the time that he could have done that recording and hadn't. Um, and then a friend decided to organise a crowdfunder for him. And um, we now have the album, which you can purchase after the meeting, but I didn't say it because of that. <laughs> um, but it's a dream come true. So in our families, we can encourage each other. Don't laugh at somebody because you think, oh, you can't possibly do that. It's going to be too expensive. Or you can't do that because, 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 because. Start saying, oh, I see you doing that. Um, how are you going to start doing that tomorrow? And you encourage each other with the steps to, to make it happen. Then the other, the other thing that our, our family has become recently is a place of activation. And which is partly what I've just said about making your dreams come true. It's like activating them. And... What I've been blessed by with my, my children, they've been blessing me, is activating joy. My name's Joy, but I don't um, encapsulate joy all the time, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> Especially around mealtimes when I've burnt the toast or whatever. <laughs> so, 
we, we activate things before the feelings come. Uh, and my son Tim has taught me that if you don't have something um, happy, joyful to think about, laugh anyway. Just start laughing. And um, my son's actually got his whole class laughing, in belly laughing, because he starts laughing, and it's, it's contagious. And he doesn't know what he's laughing about, but he's, I think it's the Holy Spirit. He, he activates laughter. And then the teachers lose it, and then the whole class loses it. So it's a major distraction. <laughs> But and I've learned to let this sort of thing interrupt my life because a lot of the time I don't know about you, but you just like try to hold it together and think, oh, who is I meant to be ringing and what am I meant to be doing? And these days I'm just trying to keep it now. Let God interrupt my day, and it's all my family's fault. Oh, we just rest in you. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.